Welcome to the Renovating Riches Podcast. Entrepreneurs from Houston teaching you everything they know about entrepreneurship and real estate with the best guests in the real estate industry. Subscribe today on all major platforms and gear up for another episode of Renovating Riches. Welcome to the Renovating Riches Radio Podcast today with Mr. Brent Phillips. He's an OG from the Houston uh, from the Houston real estate investment community, man. This is somebody that uh, has been doing this for quite a while now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we both sort of started right about the same time, but you probably started a little, a little before I did. Um, I remember going to the My House Deals events and you were there and, yeah, and a yeah. bunch of other guys were there. So that's why I, I call you an OG because yeah. very few of those guys are doing anything today. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for yeah, coming man, in, Brent. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. you, man. Yeah. So anyways, if you tuned in for the first time, my name is Ricardo Rosales with the Renovating Riches Radio Podcast and also the Truth Behind Success Podcast. You want to go check them out at iTunes and YouTube, Stitcher, any other platform out there. Um, don't forget to hit share, like, and subscribe. Make sure you check at the end where to follow Brent, how to connect with him, and let's go straight into the nitty-gritty, man. Who yeah. is Brent Phillips? Like, what's your uh, background? Where do you come from? Yeah. Social security you? number, that yeah. kind of deal, right? That's probably on the internet already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, how far, do you want, how far do you want me to go back? High school. All right, let's go back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to middle school. All right. All right, and, and so... I love to share my story. Right. So, uh, man, so I grew up in, in the Dallas area. Okay. And the reason I like to share my story when I talk about real estate, because things that happen to us, even at an early age, still impact us today. Absolutely. And so whenever I, I, I grew up, man, great parents, great childhood. Things were great, man, like a, like a little Hallmark movie. Right. right, it's great. Okay, <laughs> things were rocking and rolling, man. Just kind of, you know, little suburbs, middle class. You know, I had a great time. Right. Uh, well, middle school things changed. Father lost his job for like two years. Parents, we lost. They lost our house. Bankruptcy, wow. foreclosure, all that kind of stuff. A lot of struggle. Yeah, a lot of struggles, and and so I remember that to this day. You know, seeing my parents struggle and uh, really not trusting corporate America and all that kind of structure. Right. And uh, so we lost pretty much everything. So your dad was in corporate? He was, a, he had a J-O-B. Okay. Because right? he was just high school educated. He was right. doing a little drafting kind of stuff. And the market tanked mid 80s. So long story short, we, we finally got a job like two years later here in Houston. So we moved to Houston to okay. A-Leaf and uh, went from kind of a small rural town upbringing to A-Leaf Elsick High School, right? Right. So it was like two different worlds. And uh, so we moved down here. That was cool. Um, White boy from Dallas coming to A-Leaf. You know? like, <laughs> was like, what's up? You know? Yeah. So uh, that was kind of a culture shock there for a little bit. And um, so let's move on. So high school is high school. Uh, I get through high school. I'm like, dude, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I'm not going to college. I barely got out of high school. My right. parents, never. we never even had that conversation. Nobody in my family went to college. Right. So I moved back to Dallas with a buddy of mine. Okay. Because he wasn't going to college. He was kind of the same boat. He barely got out of high school. What are we going to do? And uh, his father, though, this was like 
a really good friend of mine, like childhood friend. The thing with his father, though, his father was an entrepreneur. He was a, he had, he started a construction company, and then he started investing in real estate and doing all kind. Of, just he was a an entrepreneur. Right. And his dad was basically like my second dad. They took me on trips and vacations, and that's why I was like I moved moved up there with them because we had that close connection. So have you had read that book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad? By then, oh, not yet. No, not yet. No, okay. No, no, I wish. Because he was your rich dad, he pretty was, much. He was my rich dad. Right. They, his parents took me to Hawaii. They oh, took wow. me on ski trips, all this kind of stuff, you know. And the other thing that his dad used to do, because I used to spend the night with like all the time, he would wake us up on Saturday mornings, like kick us, you know, like get up, get, yep. up, get out of bed. He'd take us to Jack in the Box. I remember that like it was just get a little breakfast jacks. And then he'd take us to walk properties. Okay. Managing all these rehabs and stuff like that. So I remember walking in houses like from an early age and watching wow. his dad and kind of, you know, seeing like, well, wow, they're going on vacations and they've got, you know, nice cars. And nice they, life. And they moved and a nicer house and we're kind of in this situation, right? Dad's got a job. He's got a business, right? Yeah. So I started picking up on that. Didn't really click till I was like 30. But anyways, so I moved up back up there with them. Me and my buddy got a job, uh, like working a warehouse. I'm like, dude, this sucks. Like it was like freaking brutal. Right. <laughs> so... Long story short, my Dallas thing didn't work out, and that's why I decided, man, I got to get some education, or I'm, I'm just going to be stuck here in this life. Right. So I went to JUCO. I ended up going to college, got into college, went to Wharton County Junior College, uh, the Harvard of the South. Right. And uh, ended up going to Sam Houston. Still didn't know what I wanted to do. Right. Um, so I became a police officer. Wow. And uh, went to law enforcement. Why did Why did you choose that? Like, what What, what was the you driving know, force behind it? The only The only thing I wanted to do in high school that I could think about was I wanted to go into the military. Okay. And I had before I got out of high school, I had a plate and five screws on my ankle. I had uh, already told my ACL I had pins and all kinds of stuff in oh, my wow. knee, so I really couldn't get in the military. Right. So I was like, what am I gonna do? Um, so that was the next closest thing. Gotcha. So I went to law enforcement for seven years, and um, I actually worked a couple years in Dallas, five here in Houston, and dude, it was it was good. I had fun. Um, I was a single guy in my twenties, was making okay money. I could work part time jobs, and it was all right. I, I I just can't do politics, and there was all this just shady. Yeah, if you wanted to grow in that lane, you, know, you had to go do all the politicking. I couldn't do the politicking. Yeah. So my wife and I had our first child. met my wife. We had our first child. I'm working weekends, holidays, night shifts, all this kind of stuff. And um, there's stuff going down I won't get into. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. So I pretty much just quit. Right. I talked to my wife, and she's like, get out of there. Uh, so and you were here in Houston already? I was here in Houston. Okay. I was here in Houston. So I quit that. Uh, and so I found myself uh, late 20s. You know, my wife was working. We we didn't really have any money, um, and I had a little son. You know, he was like one, and I got was like, man, I got to figure out what I'm gonna do in my life. And I never wanted to have a real job. So I'm like, I guess I got to get a job. Right. I got these responsibilities. So I got a corporate job. I got a corporate job at this company called EcoLab. Okay. So I seen like the trucks and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And. I got that job. My father-in-law worked at that company, helped me get the interview, and he did a different job than what I got hired for. And I got that job. Uh, so I was only out of work for like 
a month and a half, two months, you know, after I left law enforcement. I was doing little things part-time on the side. I got this job and went to my job, came home. I remember my wife was all excited. He's got this corporate job now. Right. Life's gonna be great. Now make it big. And I come <laughs> in and um, she's like, you know, babe, how was your first day? And, I'm, and I says, I remember, I remember this. I was like, sat there and I was thinking about like processing the day, and I'm like, I think I, I hate it. I'm pretty, yeah. Well, I, I, I think I hate everything about it. Really, I mean, I'm grateful for it, but I, I yeah, I you didn't like it. Like, this is not, I'm like, I'm not gonna quit yet. Because you need to pay bills. Because I got, but I'm like, this is not me. And so I'm like, I gotta figure something out. So, fell into that trap for a little bit, you know, where it took me about two years to really do something and kind of get, and you say good life gets in the way of a great life. It wasn't even a good life. Like I, I really did not like, I can tell you about what I was doing in this job if you wanna hear. But I hated this job. What were you doing? Um, <laughs> so they've got all these different divisions. So I was hired as a territory manager. Okay. They said like doing sales. First off, I didn't want to do sales, but I'm like, I'll do what I got to do. Right. So a territory manager from what well, my job was was I had all these accounts. I had hospitals and restaurants for the most part, and hotels. They were my accounts, and they gave me this client base. That had to manage, and then I had to go do sales for new accounts. Right. Well, we sold uh, dishwasher soap, mop, floor mop cleaner, laundry detergent, soap dispensers. You probably seen these things yep. in the bathrooms, all this kind of stuff. So when you sell account, guess what you got to do? You got to go install that stuff. When stuff breaks, they call you to fix it. So not only you're a salesman, but you're also a technician on it. You're a technician, and so I found myself in the middle of Houston summers, 110 degrees and humid, wearing slacks, nice shirt, a tie, and I hated wearing a tie. Yeah. And then I'd have <laughs> to throw on this, they gave me this lab right. jacket, and I'd literally be underneath a dishwashing machine wow. in water, working on 220 volt electrical. I had no experience with this, and I've got like food slop, you know, falling on my face, and I'm sweating balls you know? yeah and then I would have to get up wipe myself off I would s smell like you know what yeah. sweat and then go to a sales call wow you know and it was nonstop I was putting out fires people were unhappy sales pressure da 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 but um, yeah I hated it yes yeah, and um, it was just it was high stress long hours da 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 and it wasn't you know you make like yeah $60,000 money wasn't all that great yeah, yeah. So, but I worked my butt off for that company. Even though I talk negative about it, I'm grateful for it. Finished like number one, number two in sales every year. But I told my wife, man, I gotta figure something out. How long were you there for? I was there for four, a little over four years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was a long torture. Yeah, two years, I kind of like, well, maybe I'll climb the ladder, maybe I'll play the game. Right. But I just, I couldn't. And um, and so that's when I found Rich Dad Poor Dad. Okay. You know, a, about year two, I was there for a little over two years. I was like, man, I gotta figure something out. And um, the the whole, really, the reason I found out about real estate 
was my wife has like a rich uncle, so yep. to speak. Some family, I don't know if it's her uncle or what, but some family member on the East Coast. And my wife's like a Philly girl. Okay. So we're out visiting her family, and she had told me about her uncle. You know, she's like, man, this dude's got all this money, yada, yada, right. yada. And so I'm like, I'm going to go pick his brain. And, you know, it was a very short conversation, but you could tell this dude just stood apart from everybody else. Right. And uh, he kind of encouraged me. You know, it's like, yeah, you should invest in real estate. You should get started. Like, you just kind of read some books and take action. And it wasn't a whole lot that he told me, but I'm like. He gave you encouragement. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, shit, reading books. I never thought about that. So I guess I wasn't reading books. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't like to go to college either, like study. But now that you're interested in something, yeah. your your interest gets piqued, and you're like, hmm, maybe I go read about this real estate thing. Yeah, and that's what did it. Just a real short conversation. Went to the bookstore. You know, it's amazing how somebody can influence someone else with a short conversation. Short, it was short. It wasn't a whole lot. Because he encouraged me. Right, because what yeah. you saw in him is like, man, if this guy is successful doing what he's doing, and he's telling me to go do A, B, and C, then <laughs> I should pay attention yeah. and go do just that, yeah. you know, and then figure it out from there. So, And I was in a place of desperation almost. Like, my dad, he just retired. And, I mean, when I saw him work a job, and he got laid off, I don't know, a dozen times over the years. Mm -hmm. It was oil and gas related, right? So when jobs were done, that was a job or something else. Yeah, you make good money while you're employed, but then they'll they'll let you go for a little bit, and then you got to go catch up. And yeah. yeah. And not only that, he was, I won't say he was miserable, but he was not happy. Yeah, know? I can relate because I was in the oil and gas business for a long time. And when I worked offshore, I loved it. Because even though you're still politicking all that on the rigs, you're kind of out there with a bunch of other outlaws, pretty yeah. much. These guys are all coming from the boonies in the middle of yeah. nowhere, making a ton of money. Yeah. You know, um, you don't have to shave or, you know, it's like, let's, let's get rough on it and make it happen. Yeah. But when I became part of the corporate side, yeah. I was making more money, mm -hmm. but I was miserable. Maybe the first two years I was sort of happy with what I was doing, but when I really found out the truth about it, I was like, I'm disgusted, man. You know, you see people steal big money, yeah. uh, backstabbing, people, you know, stepping on other people to make a name for themselves. Yeah. And for me, getting laid off was a blessing in disguise. They put me on the streets, and then I said, I had already been doing real estate for a while mm -hmm. as a side thing, so I was like a passive investor. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to make this thing work. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, mm -hmm. but I just, you know, <laughs> I just went for it. Yeah. So I can relate to your father yeah. um, because I remember um, I was I was a senior management, and sometimes HR will send me a message and say, Ricardo, are you in the building? And I was like, yeah. Can you come down? We need to do an exit interview on so-and-so. And it's somebody that didn't even work for me. It's just that they needed a senior manager to go through the process to lay people off. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing these people that gave all their lives to a company, 30 years, 25 years. And when I saw their packages, I was like, oh my God, man, this guy just gave 30 years of his life that he's getting laid off. And this is what he's getting? Mm -hmm. 
and this is how they're treating him? Like, he can't even go back to get his little box or whatever. They're going to ship all the stuff to him. It was just horrible. And I saw myself in it, you know, as a 30-something-year-old guy. And I was like, that's going to be me when I'm 60. There's no freaking way. So when I got laid off, I just, just said, that's it, man. I only get laid off once. Yeah. So I completely, I can relate. Yeah. And that, what you just shared was big for me because when I, you know, fast forward and I just, I read the books and I just dove full speed ahead. And, you know, you fast forward a couple years later, I was going to, I was on the verge of quitting my job. And when I say, like, my wife's, you know, family member encouraged me, you know, my dad's kind of old school. You know, he, he is he is old school. He's right. not, he's not going to pep talk you. He's not going to tell you I love you. He's not going to, he wasn't going to encourage me. Right. Right. It was kind of tough love. Even whenever, I st- so I started investing. Now I'll, t- I'll talk about that in a minute. But when I was on the brink of quitting my job, it's just two years later. I had twenty five rentals. I kind of knew what I was doing. I didn't right. rush it. You know, my dad's like, "What are you doing? You're quitting a good job. That's a Fortune five hundred company. You can, you know, retire there and climb up the ladder." Yeah. You know, and I, it was hard situation because I didn't know how to be respectful to him because I had to say like. I don't want to do what you do because you don't look very happy doing it. And, you know, so my thought, he was saying, like, this job is security. And that's why I try to tell people all the time, like, my coaching students that are in this spot, I'm like, you, what is, whenever you're dependent upon somebody else, that is much less security than being able to go out and just create money, create deals, learn how to take destiny in your own hands versus you're dependent on them. So I was like, no, I'm like, what the worst can, thing that can happen for me is I fail. I mean, I'm broke. Then Whatever, I've already been broke. Like, yeah, it's, it's not like, like, I don't know how that looks like. like. I don't like the, the handcuffs. So uh, we, I went through all that kind of process wow. with my dad and processing it and being scared. Like, maybe he's right. But I was like, no, I, I, no, I got I to gotta go all in with this right. before it's too late. So I'm like, if I get 35 or 40, more kids, it's just going to be harder. So, you know, going back, this was late 2006. I went to the bookstore, got some books, started reading like, like a freaking maniac, dude. Like, and I was, and I got. You got in it, man. You, got, you got I in like the zone. In. You got in the zone. And I got, um, they, Audible wasn't around back no, then. No, it's just books. So I got CDs. Okay. And so I was listening to the CDs nonstop. Who were you listening to? So a big thing that, that changed, like, my life. Freaking Tony Robbins. Oh, man. yeah. That's my best friend. Dude, he dude, doesn't know it, but he's my best friend. Yeah. Dude, I've never heard about any of this stuff before. I'm like, what? what is that? I don't even remember how I, I found that. But I got, um, like, a CD of, like, Unlimited Power. Yeah. Oh, dude. That was crazy. Uh, that shit, it bring, washes your yeah, brain like yeah, crazy. Dude, it was so, I, I spent so much time, and I remember, that's when I got into the whole, like, just mindset, creating these mantras, and just... All this kind of stuff. Incantations and it, it was that was more powerful to me than learning about real estate. Yeah, because you can apply that to anything. Anything. You apply that to anything. Anything. You yeah. see, yeah, there's there's a lot of these you know motivational speakers and actually in the real estate world, mm-hmm. and they'll say it's like, look, it's ninety percent is mindset, the other ten percent is what you do with the real estate. Yeah. So, you know, when when you start working on yourself. Um, 
it's it does real estate can disappear tomorrow for whatever reason. You take that knowledge and you apply it to something else. Yeah. Boom, you just you just grow and flourish, you know, quick. Yeah. That's why you see people make millions, they lose it because of I don't know, hurricanes or because of the economy or whatever. whatever. And two years later they're back up to where they were and probably higher. higher. That's right. They built upon what they learned. So, by the way, guys, so <laughs> take notes of this because uh, um, Brent just, just shared a, a pretty good nugget, man. Tony Robbins, uh, you know, self-education. And you're big into that stuff. Big time. Yeah. Big time. I remember uh, the first time, this is like also fast forward, like I, me and uh, a friend of mine, Jack Mize. I remember the, him, man. We'll uh, meet later today. Okay. As a matter of fact, just late cool. this afternoon. Cool. Um, we did a we did a workshop, like a two day boot camp. It was the first time we ever done it, and uh, first time I had ever done it. And he asked me to do it. I'm like, oh man, I'd love to do that. So we're getting the content ready, and he, he said that like, man, we need to teach about mindset. So I remember we 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 blocked out like just a couple out an hour or two to talk about mindset, and people we got complaints. Why this is a real estate event? Why are you talking about mindset? You know, we're both, you know, talking to each other like they don't understand. That's the most important. Yes. Yeah. Because you said earlier, you said when thinking about quitting your job, you said I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I'm just going to figure out. I'm just going to figure it out. That's what I told my wife. Same thing. Because when when I when I finally made my decision, well, I was this was late. This is December 2006. We were living in an apartment. You know, and I share my story. We're li- at this point, 2006 going 2007, we're in an apartment. We didn't have, like, we had no money. I mean, we're, we're broke, but we weren't starving. We had just, we went through this whole Dave Ramsey thing, yeah. which I like. I like Dave Ramsey. Uh, like, I'm grateful for that. It, it helps you get you, on track. Point, it, gets, it helps you get on track. it's not going to help you get up here. Right. It'll help you. Yeah, no. Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey, they're sort of like, don't spend, don't borrow, this and that, right? And some people need that. I think we all do. Yeah, and I needed that then. Yeah, we yeah. all do, because we all go through that through that stage where Get credit card, we don't know how to handle credit, money, yeah. you know, we don't know how to save, we don't know how to pay ourselves first, we yeah. don't know what was good debt and bad debt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we all need that. Uh, do you need it once you're past a certain threshold? Maybe not, because that's already on your subconscious mind, and 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 maybe those, the things that they're they're teaching and preaching about is more for, for that 99% of the population that has a job, yeah. and and they should not be spending money a certain way. Yeah. But when you're becoming a millionaire or, or a multimillionaire, then that's a different animal. Yeah. You need debt. You needed a bunch of other stuff to yeah. to get there. Yeah. So, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. By the way, you mentioned Jack Mice, right? Yeah. So I remember, um, and, and this is kind of like, let him know later on when you see him. When I went to one of those My House Deals meetings, you guys were always there mm-hmm. teaching mm-hmm. either wholesaling or whatever. Yeah. And I remember he was talking about wholesaling. And I was just a buyer. I was just buying, but I, I was intrigued on. This was the big event at Crown Plaza, I think Jack. But it was a smaller room. Oh, like okay. there was a, you guys spoke in front of maybe 30 or 40 people. Oh. It was a smaller crowd. And you had to pay something to get in. I, and it wasn't an arm and a leg. It was maybe 50 bucks or something. I can't remember. It was, this is years ago. And 
he was saying something like, we can teach you how to like become a wholesaler so you can make offers same as cash. And that same as cash phrase stuck to my head. Like, I like, man, I like that, same as cash. You know, and then that's, I created my company, it's called Same oh, as okay. Cash, my yeah, acquisitions because company, of because yeah. of what he said that yeah. day. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. how words can, can yeah. get in you and so he doesn't even know it, you know, yeah. but yeah. I, I created a yeah. company called Same as Cash based on making offers Same as yeah. Cash just because he said it that yeah. day. And this is years later yeah. when I became a wholesaler. I yeah. became a wholesaler in 2016. So, you know, it's at least eight to, to nine yeah. years apart. And I, but I remember that. It stuck in my mind. Well, the, so, like, my, we went, my wife and I went to this Dave Ramsey thing because we both had student loans. Yeah. So we paid those off. We had credit cards, paid those off. So we got to a point where we're like pretty much at zero. Right. You know, like, we don't know. No debt. We yeah. Did, we did that thing. No weight. Like, but then I had never been exposed to this whole new, this whole rich dad, poor dad world. So I remember, like, store with Jack. I remember going to Barnes and Noble, uh, Barnes and Nobles, and, um, Kids listen up. They don't probably don't even know what that is. It's a, it's like this book There's store. only a few of them yeah, now like left. You actually had to go and get a book in a store. So I, I remember going to the bookstore, and I went to the real estate section, the business section. Never paid attention to this in my life, right? And it was like when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Right. It'd just be a book. And I remember reading, you know, seeing the books, buy real estate with no money down. Right. And I'm like. Holy crap, really? You can do this. And so the funny thing is, whenever I hear people now want to get into real estate, and even some of like my students and people, just people I talk to, like, man, I, I want to get into real estate. You know, I'm just, I'm saving up my money. I need, I need to get some more money to get started. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, isn't that funny? Because I got into real estate because I read I didn't need any money. Right. And that was like, that was giving me hope. And so I, I read a few books, and I remember it was uh, end of 2006, we're sitting in this apartment, and I told my wife, I said, babe, I'm going to buy 10 rental properties this year. And I was going through Lifestyles. I just heard about Lifestyles right. through my first workshop. I went through the two days, 250 bucks. Like, I can't believe I even spent that. Yeah, that like, much, right? Yeah, that much. <laughs> $250? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to go sit in a class over there. Right. Crazy. And, um, but it just, it opened, opened up your up. mind, yeah. And and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to buy 10 rental properties this year. And she's like, how are you going to do that? You know, kind of like, we don't have any money, live in an apartment. How are you going to do that? And I, I was like, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm going to figure it out. And I'll never forget this. I went, I went and bought a poster board. Just like went to Walgreens or CVS, I bought a poster board and a, a black marker, and I drew like these ten squares, and I hung it up in the wall of our apartment. And I told her, every time I buy a house, I'm gonna fill it in. So that was 2007. I um, met a wholesaler. I'm still friends with this to this day. Even though he moved to another market, we still stay in touch. And uh, met some hard money lenders, told them about my situation. This is a whole different world, 2007. Yeah. Long story short, I borrowed $14,000 on a credit card. I actually had a $14,000 credit card limit. I borrowed $7,000 to buy that first house. Bought it, got a, got a hard money loan. Dude, I remember I was like, 
so freaking nervous. But I got that house. Like, I didn't know anything about construction, never managed a rehab, never leased a property. But we bought that house. The end of January, I had my first house. Bought that house. Uh, put it on the board. Put it put it on the board. Yeah. Uh, got, got it rehabbed. Got it leased before March 1st, before my first hard money payment was due. Man, so, so let's stop there for a second. So look at the power of visualization, right? Yeah. So you went and... and put on, on a wall like 10 empty spots. Boom, 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 boom. You said, you told your wife, as soon as I buy a house, I'm gonna start filling them up. And next thing you know, you're doing that. You're like buying a house, close on it. Yeah, you're scared to death. If, if you, you're getting in debt now, uh, you borrow money against your credit yeah. card to go get a deal. You got a hard money lender that's probably charging, you know, I don't know, 16%, whatever it was back then. But boom, you fill it up on the spot, and then next thing you know, it's pam 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 pam. Right? Yeah. But you said the was intention. Tony, that was Tony Robbins, man. Mm -hmm. That was 100% Tony Robbins. Like, oh, I gotta visualize it, write it out, you know, look at it every day. That's what I did, man. And I mean, December I closed on my 10th property right before the end of the year. Wow. So you were buying. The only mistake I made, I should have put 20 on. Yeah, maybe maybe you, know, you should maybe you, you were know, shooting lower than no, no. Well, maybe I, you were trying to play I, it safer, I, I you know. Did, like I damn near killed myself too, you know, because I was working a full time job. Uh, we had a we had our second child. We actually moved into a house about halfway through. It was I I, I was pretty much you know where I was a workaholic, but not by desire by necessity because I was still yeah. working a full time job. I work on my stuff till one, two, three o'clock at night. Get up at five or six in the morning. So, you know that that's a great point you're bringing up, right? So you had a job that you didn't like, uh, but you still needed it to pay bills and all that. But you started working on your real estate business mm -hmm. while you had a job. Yeah. A lot of times I get the questions because now I'm an entrepreneur, right? So I'm I'm, I'm in different businesses and and. And people, they think that it's always been like that, and it, it wasn't. So I did have a job. I actually was in the military. So I joined the military, then I joined the oil field, and I did very well in the oil field. Met a great, great bunch of people, traveled the world. Like, I gained a lot of weight, you know, because yep. <laughs> now you're traveling yep. the world and yep. eating real yep. good. But I said, you know what, if you have a job and you want to get in real estate, milk it as much as you can before you make the transition. Because the banks and the lenders, they're willing to give somebody with a W-2 all kinds of stupid money. Yeah. I mean, millions of dollars, literally. And especially once you prove that you can buy, rehab, rent, whatever the case might be. Um, so I'm not a corporate hater. I actually encourage people to go get jobs. Yeah. Uh, we all should get a job. And I, I'm a firm believer that we all should serve in the military um, to give us some sort of structure and, and discipline. But uh, I actually like the way you transitioned because um, you started working on your dream while you had a, a living nightmare, let's put it that way, right? Because it freaking sucked on your case. On my case, it didn't, but I wasn't happy with it. Like, I, I had golden handcuffs. I was making a good chunk of change. And to replace my income on that, on that job that I had as an entrepreneur, I mean, it, it wasn't that as easy, especially with rentals, because in rentals you got little cash flows here and there, 300, 200, 400, 500, depending on where you are. 
So you gotta do a ton of those to make 10 grand, you know, um, or 20 grand, depending on where you are. Um, and uh, it's, I encourage people to that have a job to continue with their job until it's time. And, and time will come whether they get pushed into it or whether they choose to do it. Once they say, okay, that's it, I'm done, I'm fed up, I quit, or I, I like me, I got laid off. I got, yeah. So on my case, I got put against the wall. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm 36, or I was 35 or 36, I can't remember, 35, 36. If I don't make it happen right now, I don't know that I will later on, mm-hmm. right? So I figured it out, and it wasn't easy. But on your case, how was it? Like, you got your rentals. Did you just quit or you got laid off? What what was the story there? No, I was actually getting promoted. (laughs) You got, so what? (laughs) (laughs) So my story was, you know, so so January I bought, I'm sorry, 2007, I bought these 10 rentals. Right. This was the top of the market. And, and now you were not great property. And now your now your net worth has gone up a lot, right? Now your net all, worth was zero. So we had some equity no, there, right? I started. I'm saying so. My well, no, no. After your zero. houses. Yeah, so, yeah. After your houses. So I had equity. I had equity, but uh, they were. Uh, it's 2007. It's top of the market. Right. So if they you, weren't great deals. And if you breathed, you got it. Yeah, there you go. Sign they, and drive. Pretty they much. They weren't great deals. I had hard money. That in the another. What uh, areas of town? Uh, the properties were okay. okay. I started buying some hood houses like 2008 and Okay. But they were uh, Ridgemont, you know, Ridgemont, yeah. like Post Oak. Yeah. I uh, had several over there. I had some in like a couple in Sugar Land. And okay. Andy's just mixed around. And um, so the properties were okay, but the cash flow was horrible. Back then, they were teaching $100 closet of cash flow. Right. And, dude, I was naive. And so I was like, oh, $150, that's a great one. You know, to like three hundred fifty dollars was my spread. Right. Things. You have ten. You have ten rental properties, and I was like, "Oh, this is passive income now." So I got to the end of ten, at uh, ten, and you gotta understand, I was financing with hard money. I was paying two or three points, hundred mm-hmm. percent financing, and then I was refinancing them, rolling all those costs in. It wasn't great cash flow. So I got to the end of two thousand ten, and I had maxed out. I did always have good credit. So I was able to uh, get Fannie Mae financing, good long-term, and I still have a lot of these properties now that I've owner financed. Wow. So 2007 comes to an end, and I pretty much had already had other properties under contract and hard money, but I couldn't refinance them because right. I was pretty much a one-trick pony. Yeah, and, right. I, and at that time, they, they changed all the laws and what you they could were, refi, and you can then they came up with these uh, portfolio loans that they were higher interest rates and well, 2008 was when the crash right. was, the crash was coming and I was, you go back you said like a lot of people from back then aren't in the business now well in 2007 i was a networking fool i was going to every event that i could i was telling my wife i'm gonna go two or three events a week if i could mm-hmm. just because i was immersed in it and another thing i want to share that i tell people i see people that you know have other stuff in life right a wife the kids all this kind of stuff and they want to come into real estate and have balance and so I tell people I'm like you can you can build a business with balance but it's gonna be slow and long and 
may not really make it. So I tell people, it's like what I've seen from the people who are really successful, you got to be way in balance for you're gonna uh, for a while. You're gonna be all in in your business first. You're, you're gonna be all in, and you're gonna so, catch that balance on the back end. So you build to balance. You gotta be way now. If you gotta make time for other people, your health, your family, and all that, but it just may not be a lot. It's mm -hmm. not gonna be in proportion. So I was, I was just hardcore working like crazy. Um, just gonna turn that over so I don't even look at it. <laughs> and um, and so. I was going full force, so when I get to 2008, and I'm like, crap, I can't buy anymore, because all I did was you, rentals. You hit a roadblock. I hit a roadblock, and so when 2008 came, financing started going away. So many people left the business, just walked away from properties, as we know. But that was another thing that was a huge learning lesson for me, because I was now starting all over again. Like I set another goal to buy 10 more houses, and I didn't know how. So I started, I created three partnerships that year. I just found, you know, people. I'm like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm doing these rentals. You know, you want to do this? And, you know, surprise the hell out of me. Like, I had three people that said, yeah. So I bought 10 more rentals, but these are 50-50 partnerships. So I get to the end of 2008. I'm like, so it's pretty much I had 20, but I pretty much had like 15. Right. You know, and so I'm like, this ain't, this ain't cut. And there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work. Yeah. I dealt with my first, you know, tenants not paying. Oh, so yeah. my three thousand dollar month cash flow that month was zero. Right. You know, or whatever. The AC yeah. went out or whatever yeah. it was. Wipes out the whole cash flow for the yeah. year. Yeah, I had to replace the sewer line. So I'm like, I learned real quick. <laughs> that cost me eight thousand dollars on a rental. Uh we had to dig up a tunnel. And what happened is uh <laughs> you mentioned that sewer line. Brought me back to that day I got the call from the yeah. tenant. I was with my dad. My my dad lives in Florida. He never comes to Houston. Well, this time he's in Houston, and I got, like, brothers and sisters here. And I get a call Sunday afternoon. I was at a Mexican restaurant just having lunch and fun with my family. Oh, Mr. Rosales, um, the toilets are backing up. And I just rehabbed this house. So I'm just like, the toilets are backing up. This is weird. And she sends me a picture, and I was like, oh, my God, what is that? So I sent my plumber. Plumber is like, dude, I think your sewage line is, is gone. And and I go back to blaming the foundation guy because what they 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 we put piers on this house and I drove to it so I could look at the sewage line and the crew had already uh, covered up with concrete mm -hmm. so I couldn't I couldn't see and I was mad at it but there was nothing else I could do at yeah. the time yeah. I called the owner of the company which pro we probably both know him. Uh, who's, he's no longer in that business. Uh, he's actually wholesaling yeah. now. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. You know, and, and they say it was good. Yeah. You know, that cost me 10 grand. Yeah. That did, I didn't have, by the way, yeah. you know, because so, that's usually how it goes. That, so man. so you go through tenants not paying, AC's going bad, switch lines, and, and then what? Well, I just, I, I had about 25 rentals when, I, when it, it finally clicked on me. Two <laughs> things clicked on me. Number one, there's nothing passive about owning a bunch of rental properties. No. It is not passive at no. all. And number two, like I couldn't I couldn't feed my family with this money. Yeah. So I got there and I'm like, man, I got these twenty five rentals, but I, I, I loved them. I'm like, I, this is gonna create me wealth because right. I'm gonna pay I'm gonna keep these things, I'm gonna pay Keep them, them for them. thirty years, you yeah. pay them off, sell them and, one day. And so that's why I teach people rentals are if you're fully leveraging, yeah, if you're dropping cash on rentals, it's a different story. But anyway, so I learned. All right, I gotta, I gotta shift gears here, 
because now I'm at two and a half, you know, uh, this was March 2009. So I've been doing this two years and three months. And I, I told my wife at the beginning of the year, I'm like, I gotta quit my job this year. You know, cause now I, I saw there's more opportunities in real estate. I think I'm gonna cost myself money. So I talked to people about that. You know, I mentioned like stay at your job. There's, there's probably some equation, right? Where it makes sense and it doesn't make sense. So I always ask people like my students, I'm like, a scale of one to 10, how much do you love your job? Yeah. You know, how much do you hate it? Cause if you hate what you're doing, find a way to get out quick. Yeah. You know, uh, if you have wife and kids, you got you got to navigate that. But I still hate my job, and I'm like, all right, I was making sixty thousand dollars. I was like, I may be costing myself money now, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't know how. To, so it's 2009. It wasn't like a flipping market. I didn't know of anything about wholesaling, and I didn't really care to do that. I'm just like, I need to make money. So, I was sitting there and. Oh, this is funny too. You mentioned about Jack mentioned something to you. So I was real like I'm a I'm a pretty good systems guy. Right. And I had already found this uh, guy who was managing all my rehabs, and we had built like a template for all all the vo- scope of work that we needed done, and we had like a good little system for that. And uh, my hard money lender was like a close friend of mine. And so he was checking on properties, because even with my partners, we were still buying some in hard money, they were refinancing. Right. He's like, dude, your guys are good. He's like, you're real, he's like, how, how are they so quick and all that? And I always had the mindset, dude, I got a, I got a payment dude. Yeah, you know, so. You gotta get after it fast. And and we just started using the same colors and paint and carpet and all that, so we're good, we're getting good. And uh, so he mentioned this to me in January or March of 2009, He's like, you ever think about doing this for other people? And I was like, no, but I need to make some money. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, th- I called Jack and I was like, hey man, can you build me a website? And um, I told my partner, or it was my partner, he was my construction manager. I'm like, look, I'm gonna create a construction company. All we're gonna do is like these little rent ready rehabs because that's all we were, that's all I knew how to do. I'm like, right. I'm doing for investors. I'll, st- I'll partner with you 50-50. You want to do it? And he's like, hell yeah, I want to do it. He was working for his father-in-law and couldn't stand that. So I, that's, I launched a construction company called Rent Ready Contractors. And in March, sat down at a table like this with my boss. And my boss was awesome. She was the only thing I really liked about my job. She was a great boss. And she was like, hey, you know, we're doing my annual review. She's like, the awards banquet's next week. Um, your review's perfect, you know, number two in the area. By the way, Mark's gonna be calling you, he's gonna offer you this promotion. Damn, over here. But I had also planned to tell her I was quitting that day. Right. And so we had two kids at that time. We have five kids now. Wow. But we had two then, but I was so nervous, man. Cause I, had a, I did have a company car Yeah. and you know, I had insurance and all that kind of stuff. I had a paycheck, and I had some flexibility. Like I could work. Yeah, you could get in and out. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, and so I remember she was like finishing up, and I was real nervous. And she was like, "Do you, you know, anything you want to say or whatever?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna quit." <laughs> it's like. 
I was like, I won't be at the banquet. That's why I said, well, I'm not going to be at the banquet next week. And she's like, why not? And I'm like, because I'm going to quit. <laughs> and she said, her response was, she's like, damn. She's like, is it the real estate stuff? Because I stopped telling her. Right. When I, after I got like five or six, I'm like, this may, mm, I need to keep this. Yeah, I need touch. to keep it on the low. And she's like, damn, can you help me do real estate too? Wow. <laughs> and she did some. Um, but that's when I quit. I launched this construction company. Uh, we did we did 60 or 70 rehabs that year for clients. Wow, a lot of work. Three construction managers and a sales guy by the end of that year. And I was still investing. So that construction company became my job. And mm -hmm. dude, I, I loved it. Cause like I'm going in houses, I'm right. talking to investors. And um, it helped me like, oh, Brandt, come speak at this and that. It just yeah, opened it up this put you on the world. spotlight. But the main thing, like, whenever I was getting into real estate, honestly, man, um, my first goal was always to quit my job. Creating wealth and getting rich. Like, all right, if I can just do what I want to do, to me, like, I've already won. Because I never had these aspirations to create wealth and all that. Right. Now, I grew them and I had them there. But so first goal was, you know, create freedom now create passive income create wealth and so that was that was 2009 and and i started flipping houses and um just kind of got on that my my fix once you get once it gets in your dna then you're pretty much hooked for life yeah. uh you might change lanes yeah, you know definitely uh, shut you know construction down or the next i think the next year we were you know is where i started doing more flips the rentals i got real burned out with rentals i had close to 50 rentals at one time it was really burning me out man um so i, I ended up selling a bunch I, of so them. i got up to 2011 i have 47 rentals mm -hmm. but they were all in 77033 pasadena yeah. that that whole area oh, yeah. and i just hated it yeah. uh and you know, because then I started suffering from tenants not paying. And now my cash flow is not really cash flow. Like, these houses are paying for this. Some months, it's like, oh, that's good. I, sometimes I was in the red. I was putting money out of my pockets just yeah. to, to, and I had all these properties. Yeah. And, and yeah, my net worth was X, but it, mm -hmm. that's net. You know, equity is not real until you cash it, you know? So to me, that, you know, that no, oh, I'm a millionaire. I'm a paper millionaire. Mm -hmm. To me, it doesn't really pay out that well. Um, Especially when you're you're having to put money every month, you know, to make up a mortgage here and there. Uh, I'm grateful to my lenders back then. They they uh, they work with me all the time. I was never late or anything like that. But I would tell them, like, look, man, this one is getting vacant right now, and as soon as it goes vacant, I'm gonna get rid of it. And if I made money or not, I didn't care. I just want it off of yeah. off of them. Yeah. Um, and so I feel your pain, and even till today, we st I still got some. But I'm like, as soon as they get vacant, I either own or finance them out or sell them, period. Yeah. I don't want them. I don't want to continue. Um, I, I don't hate on it, mm -hmm. okay? Like, whoever enjoys being a landlord, mm -hmm. perfect. They can make a killing mm -hmm. if they're on top of it. But it's not passive. That stuff is not passive. It's not passive. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know where that passive income no, uh, terminology came from or who came up with it. Well, but it was a bunch of bullshit because... Yeah. It was, man. You're always working on it. People are, 
you know, they say, well, maybe if you have a property management company, it's more passive. But the first, I, I didn't trust them at that time, any of the property managers I met with, and I'm like, y'all about to eat up a bunch of my cash flow. So 10%. Yeah. So 2010, I made my first hire, and I hired an assistant to manage my properties and do some other things too, like admin right. and stuff. I'm like, I want to know what's going on. So that, that was my first hire. And she talked to all the tenants. She collected rent. She does. She did most of that stuff. But every time there was a problem. She still had to come to you. you you're still dealing with that problem. She still Anytime had to come to you. Anytime somebody doesn't pay rent, you're dealing with that. Anytime a sewer line breaks, you're dealing with that. Anytime there's some kind of headache, you're dealing with it in one way or another. And it was really stressful to me. And I got to a point, I was like 43, 43 or 44, and, and I was, there was uh, some people we know um, way back, this is like 2007, 2008, Blake Yarbrough, Robert Hannon, these kind of guys were kind of racing to like see if we could get to 100 first. It's like every month or week we talked to each other, like, boom, boom, boom. And uh, Robert Hannon, that dude was buying a ton of properties. And then Blake got into the mix. And I was like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm in this. I want to I want to get 100. But I, I started hitting like 35. I'm like, I started asking myself. I don't like, know if I want that. Do I really want to do this? And when I got to 40s, I'm like, no, this, this is not what I want it to be. So I started selling, you know, over the, a couple of years, you know, selling. If they were, if they were paying, they were staying. They, if they weren't paying, get them out, just sell it, move it. So I started selling them off. And I got to like the mid-20s. I'm like, okay, this is a little bit manageable. More manageable. And so then I started. That's why I've, I've manicured my rentals over the years, right? So I still have, I have 25 to this day. It's changed a little bit, like five or six a year. I may sell them and I'll pick up some new ones. But I'm, I've kept a lot of them paid off. You know, some I got to a point where several properties. Blake Blake year. was good at selling you on the 100 rental stuff, uh, and I remember bumping into him on. I mean, like he used to love MLK too and Sunnyside he and all did that. So much. And I used to bump into him sometimes. Don't you wish we'd have held on to him? No, I wish I would have sold him to him right on the spot because mm -hmm. sometimes I bought him and I started rehabbing him, and he'll come. He's like, "Hey man, how much are you into on this property?" And I was like, "I don't know." I'm, I mean, for 50, whatever. He's like, I kill, I'll get it for as much as you owe on it. Or how much? And, and at the time, I was like, no. Uh, you know, I'm going to go finish it, rent it, and make my money. But now that I look back, I was like, I should have just gave them all to him. And, you know. Gave them up or, or held them I, I, I mean. Like, I, I try not to have regrets, but I let, I let some of the stress. Yeah. Right? Affect. <clears throat> I l if I if I should I could have handled things a little bit better, mm -hmm. and my net worth would be better mm -hmm. today. You know, yeah. Um, so I try not to have regrets. I learned from it um, and built better systems. So now now I can see myself saying, and I'm I'm not because we're we're at the top of the market, man. Um, I'm not going running around buying a bunch of rentals now. Uh, certain markets, certain rural areas we discussed, mm -hmm. and I'm buying in our other markets besides Houston. But I could see myself doing more because we have better systems. Mm -hmm. I'm a better business owner, right, than what I was then. So, on my case, so I don't regret it. I actually, I'm grateful that I went through all of that. Yeah. Um, because it taught me a lot. Oh, dude, you know, so much. 
rehabbing, what to do, what not to do with contractors. Uh, I became my own contractor, yeah. so I got my own liability yeah. insurance. I, yeah. I, I can I, today I can yeah. go pull my permits. Yeah. Um, one thing I understood was toilets and ACs. Dennis and I started hating it, like constantly. And we had our own crews. So when something broke, hey, go fix that. And they'll go fix it real quick. Yeah. And, and it was part of the payroll. So yeah. Man, we didn't, yeah, yeah, we didn't really see, you know, a big ticket item going out unless it was an AC or yeah. something like that, uh, or maybe a sewage line. Yeah. But we, we like passive income. We know we have to work for it. We just don't, didn't want to deal with a bunch of things here and there, right? And when Harvey hit us, we were flipping 40 houses at that time, which most of those houses were actually going to be rentals. Mm -hmm. So I still believed in fix it, rehab it, put it on for rent, and then refi it. And, but then it started becoming a, a, of some of the older houses, they, they, they started calling and and we looked at each other and said, like, man, do we really want to deal with this? Like, as we grow older, you know? Um, and that's what forced us to look into commercial, like boat and RV storages, which is what we're doing now. Um, we didn't know anything about it, but one thing we knew is they didn't have toilets or ACs. <laughs> so, and it was metal buildings, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he's an engineer, so he knows yeah. how to build those things, and, yeah. and it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but that's why we chose to go that route, because he's still, we still, it's still a rental. Yeah. Um, if you if you evict somebody, then you don't, you're not putting a family on the streets. You're yeah. just putting a boat or an RV on the streets. Yeah. Um, rents go on credit cards, yeah. and it's on automatic. So yeah. it's a different model, but you know we're still achieving what we want, which is passive income. Yeah with active because we're active uh, the actively the operators for it but um i wish i would have known this long time ago but yeah. if if i didn't know that i didn't like so much on the portion of the rentals that i dislike now then i would have never looked at this because yeah. i would have stuck you know i would have stayed there well you have to follow your gut yeah right and like we're all wired different i talk about i try i follow my energy yeah so i'll do something like People have asked me this for years. Brent, how come you never got into apartments? Why, you know, why don't you do commercial all this kind of stuff? And for the longest time, like, I've always been happy. Like, I'm enjoying what I do. And there's a whole, I have a whole other reason why I don't like multifamily. Well, for me, apartments is like houses on steroids. Now you got 200, I, 200 toilets, 200 ACs. You know, I don't think there's that much of a difference other than putting a, like a general, um, uh, like a property management company owner or whatever, but yeah, I so the thing with multifamily for me was you know two thousand in two thousand nine ten that's when I really started raising money, and so pretty much everything we buy we buy with private money one hundred percent, and here I am fourteen years later in the business I can tell you a hundred percent I've performed a hundred percent with all my lenders mm -hmm. with every single dime and penny of interest, I paid it back. Even when I take hits, when I take losses, they've paid it. I've mm -hmm. paid them all the money. It hasn't been easy. And But I, I feel like if I'm buying houses, um, like we just had to demolish a house. Like, I don't, we're just now in the building stage. It wasn't intending to yeah, yeah. You had to. Story. I don't know how much money I'm going to lose. Right. Um, but 
I let my lender know, hey, in case you drive by, there's no, there's not a house. There's not there. a house there anymore. I'm probably gonna take a, a nice little loss, but I'm, you're getting. You're still gonna get paid, yeah. Um, and so I was thinking about like multifamily, not even like it's just a bunch of rental properties on steroids. You know, if I go raise all this money and these people put in their money, even if we get non-recourse loan, if that thing ever goes sideways, I don't think I can fix it. You know, and so for me, like. I'd rather be conservative, even if I, you know, I, I may not be that guy, but, you know, we, we progress and we get older, and in the last year or so, I've been like, all right, I think I'm ready. I, I want to go do other things. Right. So, you know, our goal now, right now, with, with my company is, is we're very in our comfort zone. Yeah. So I got my team set up for what we can do. What does your team look like today? Uh, so me running the show, full-time uh, real estate agent, full-time acquisitions agent, uh, three full-time VAs. Uh, one's a web developer. One is she's actually a construction manager. Okay. She creates budgets and manages. And she's budget. overseas. She's overseas. Okay. And um, and then a social media VA too does posts. And all that Man, we're the same. I just yeah. I don't have yeah. the construction person because that's so, Dennis. So I had, <laughs> a, I had a I've had a construction manager running my rehab since 2008 until last year I had had to fire him. And, and wow, so that's a long time to do that. Yeah, not the same person. I okay, had three different people. Okay, and before that, you know, a couple a few years ago we were trying to scale big. Right. So that's when we hit the Inc. 5000. I was going to grow really, really big. And insert sad story, bad thing happening, da, da, da. And I just realized, man, that's not for me. Like, I was more stressed out than I ever was when we were scaling. So I kind of found, I think this is the sweet spot. And I've got a part-time construction manager. I mean, I have someone who goes out and checks all the projects, takes pictures, communicates it with, with my, uh, my construction VA, it sounds crazy, but like this VA is, people don't understand. If you get a good VA, no, and time, and in third world countries, they they are degree. They they have a lot of discipline. They really care for their job. Uh, they, I mean, it's a different culture. It's a different culture. Uh, we we opened up an office in the Philippines. I had an office over there for a year because this is when we were scaling. We'll get into what we're doing, but we were gonna. I was gonna start a business managing VAs for other people, and they were right. specialized. So I went over there and worked with them, and we had an office, a reporting office. So she's like, she communicates with all my contractors on like eighty percent of the stuff, inputs their invoices, approves budgets, so set pricing, and, and then I have someone who checks the jobs every week. So I still kind of manage them, but I've got it's like a few hours a week worth of my time. Right. Um, but I'm not paying. Eighty-five thousand or whatever I was paying uh, my last guy. Whatever, yeah. Sense. Right. So anyway, so we're we're very stabilized now on residential. Um, that means we're buying about forty houses a year. Okay, that's um, a pretty good number. About half flips on the finances mm -hmm. and rentals on the other. Um, yeah, you're not now. You have different exit strategies. So, and this is very. This is Mac can do this in my sleep, and it's become. It's good. It's a good spot, but it's allowed me to do other things. So. Bought a couple mobile home parks last year, and so I'm kind of diving into into that that place, and um, that's a lot of fun. Man, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I went to actually a um, a multifamily conference not two weeks ago in LA mm -hmm. by a guy named Rod Cleef, mm -hmm. 
And and the reason why you know I mention him is because I'm not interested in multifamily, but I am interested in the structure they use to syndicate for lar pro large projects. So I went there with a specific purpose of learning, okay, how do they do their apartments? So I can apply it to the commercial stuff that Dennis and I are getting ourselves into now. And it's, his conference is one of the best ones I've been to. Um, reason why is, and you mentioned it earlier, you were, uh, when you were doing your, um, your seminars, you were doing real estate and then you did mindset. He does the same exact thing. And he go, I mean, he goes into deep levels of visualization, writing affirmations, goals. As, so one hour is like, like the first hour might be, I don't know, how to buy an apartment 101. You do this, 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 and that. Second hour is, okay, now let's grow your, ourselves. And then, and he was like that the whole weekend. So by the time I was done, I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I was, you know, overloaded with information because it happens. You go on a three-day conference, you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, what else can I just get? Because you're only going to retain a, a, a small percentage of it. No, it was like, you learn this, then you exercise on yourself, then you learn this. So you absorb most of this information. And for the most part, that crowd that was in, in the event, everybody felt energized. You always see the guy that's like, man, I don't know about this self-development thing. I say, like, you need it. <laughs> you are probably the one that needed the most if you're thinking it's not worth it. So um, learning about multifamily has opened up a bunch of other opportunities for us now that before we didn't even know how to, yeah. how to look at it. And even for your mobile home yeah, parks. Yeah, I'm very interested in that, too, about because we're starting to have some deals come in. I'm like, ooh, you know, I don't know if I can pull that off just yet. You can. Um, you just got to learn a little bit yeah, on how to structure yeah. it. And it's yeah. a different animal, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the process of closing my first indication out, and it's been a learning experience. I mean, I, I'm one of those guys that I'm like, I'm going to get in it, and then I'll figure it out on the way, right? Problem is with the syndications. Well, with syndications, <coughs> that's a big no-no. You need to have your syndication figured out first yeah. before you go figure it out on the yeah. way because you can get in trouble easily. Oh, yeah. And um, I found out I was doing a couple of things that I wasn't supposed to be doing a certain way, and I, I, I'm glad that the syndication wasn't open yet, so I stopped. Yeah. I analyzed. I talked to my attorneys, and they're like, okay, this is how you do it. Okay. Thank you so much. Perfect. Yeah. So, um, so that's where you're moving forward now, uh, mobile homes. Um, you know, we both like I'm ADD. I'm real yeah, estate. Us. You know, I, I think yeah. I think all uh, entrepreneurs are, In, all of them, because they're always we're always looking for opportunities, even we're we're not looking for them. If one goes by, it catches your attention. Catches your attention. People, a lot of people look down on that, and um, you know, society or whatever. Like, oh, that's a bad thing. My daughter last night, you know. She, she mentioned it. She said, Dad, Mom says I have ADD. And I'm like, you good. Do, you do, sweetie. And good for you. Good, that's a good thing. It's a great I, thing. I see it as a good thing. Like, some of the most successful entrepreneurs, ADD. Look at like um, Steve Jobs and e Bill Gates. Elon Musk. Yeah, 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 ADD, all like, like a mother. Now, <laughs> exactly. Like, they, what they have been good at, and, and, you know, we have to a certain extent, is you, you have to focus on one thing for a yeah. while. You build it. You create your systems, automate Move on to the next one. And you assess, 
or you shut it down. Like, this didn't work. I don't like this. Like, like you shut down your up. construction company for, for other exactly. people, right? Like you and your rentals. Like, hey, this isn't for me. It's you just follow that for energy. Me. So people are like, oh, so you're going to be do mobile home parks. And I'm like, I'm I'm going down that, that road. I don't know how long I'm going to stay on the highway, but right now it looks really good. Like, I'm just going to go in there. I'm going to fire some downrange. And, and there's some people killing it in that space. I, I, so far, I mean, it's a lot of work. People think it's like, oh, it's, it's mailbox money. It's, no, no, it's the same thing. You have to work for it. it, it it's work, and we're working a lot on it, but it's like there's. I, I think that's the misconception, right? So people get in real estate thinking passive income means no work, a lot of money, or whatever money comes to the mailbox. Way, if you start with a lot of money, you just drop down cash, you can go into lending yep. notes. So I want to have 100 notes, right, in the next 10 years. I want to have 100 right. notes. Not 100 rentals, but 100 notes because it's... Passive income. But they're still, they're still working that. Yeah. You, I'm doing my first foreclosure, then they filed bankruptcy. Oh, wow. so, like, so they're playing the game. They're playing the game. He's like, well, that was my attorney calling earlier. He's like, well, so she filed bankruptcy. I'm like, well, she's not on my note. He's like, well, the game is she filed... Tomestead, she's gonna tie it up, and then as soon as it gets close, then he's gonna file. So, so they're living for free for close to a year because that could be a six-month process plus another. Yeah, you dropped the ball. The, the thing with it was they stopped. They never made a payment. Wow. They put down twenty-five thousand. I can't figure out the situation. They they put down twenty-five thousand on a hundred, essentially one hundred fifty, hundred sixty thousand. That's crazy. And didn't make a payment. Well, maybe he got in a bind and because and, I don't think that was premeditated. I don't either. Uh, I don't either. No, no, nobody goes put twenty five grand on down to just say I'm not gonna pay anymore and I'm gonna play again because that's kind of like financing a rent. It doesn't make sense. That you're yeah, yeah. I would have rather prepay rent. It's like hey, twenty five grand, twenty five hundred dollars a month on or two twenty two hundred dollars is a nice house. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't make sense, but we're dealing with that now, hmm. and we tried. Deed in lieu of foreclosure, worked some out, but but so even those are not a hundred percent passive. But no, you're working on it. You're you're working on it. So so, anyways, in your career now, ballpark figure, how many deals do you think you've done? We're on uh, the verge of doing three hundred deals, maybe sometime this year, two sixty something right now. All together? All together? No, my no. Since you started, no. Since you started. Oh, so. Rentals, flips, deals that I've bought is close to 300. Okay. Not, not little wholesales and stuff. Like right, that. right. We did over 500 construction projects for other for people. For other people. And not my parks and all that kind of stuff. So about two parks. So. That's good. So, so you probably are personally around 400 deals. And then another 500 that you helped other people out on the, on yeah, the general my, contracting. Geez, That's a lot of work. My coaching students, I've been, I've always... I've been coaching for the last five or six years, so I'm always analyzing their deals and raising, help, helping them raise money and do all that kind of stuff. We're doing lending now too. Okay. We did about 25 loans last year. All right, from private, from private money or from a lending institution? Uh, private money. Okay. A little bit of our own, a little bit of our lenders. Right. So we're getting more into that space. And Good deal. EXP. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've seen you hitting that pretty hard. I partner with the, I say I partner with EXP. Yeah. 19 months ago, I've got 114 agents now. You know, I like that in model. different states. I like that model. So model. I, I've always liked the network marketing model. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
being uh, getting paid by referrals and downlines yep. and that kind of stuff? I never did anything like this before. But a friend of mine, Connor Steinbrook, yep. but like I saw him talking about it, and I was like, I like that. I already had my license. I wasn't using it at a full-time agent on staff, but I was like, I think I kind of like that. Yeah, that, that's been a big focus. I never had a license because I never saw myself uh, myself as a realtor, yeah. but I am a recruiter. So, yeah. I, you know, it's like uh, maybe if one day I'll get my license, then that's the route I'll go. Because yeah. um, I, I I like the model. It's well, something to think about is so the re I got my license in two thousand right before I quit my job. Right. So I was like, what I what am I gonna before I. I thought about the construction thing I was like ooh, just in case so I got it never really used it much had to start an agent over the years but this is something to think about Ricardo uh, for yourself and other people watching this so they are trying to outlaw wholesaling mm -hmm. as we speak um, they've already done it in Illinois they're talking about every single state because NAR NAR has more power National Association of Realtors mm -hmm. has more power than the NRA so what what I think has happened is the last few years I buyers are coming to the market. Oh, that definitely. It's scaring you know what out of realtors. So like, they're taking our business. Mm -hmm. I, I know we've lost deals. We're losing deals every. They're paying. Every they're, month. they're they got too much money, and so the, their their plays different. You know, plays different, but they're compete. They're right up in our space now, mm -hmm. and we do primarily SEO is how we get our deals. Right. So we're right there with them. And so it, it kind of sucks, right? And so NAR's saying, we're losing that money. Where are we gonna get money back from? And so they probably can't compete with the iBuyers to a certain extent. Mm. So what are we gonna do? So they're saying, oh, and I heard this, that uh, out of all the real estate transactions that are going down, over half, it's like 60% are off MLS deals. So they're like, Let's go there. And then, so what they're doing is they're getting these lobbyists to bring up these these homeowners who got screwed over by a shady bootleg wholesaler mm -hmm. who got stood up at closing and went into foreclosure because they got another house or whatever. So they're, they're bringing them up. I think they're going to get it done. So may not be tomorrow, may not be in five years. Whenever it gets done, it gets done. Whenever it gets done, it gets done. So, so wholesalers are going to, if they want to stay in the business, theoretically gonna have to get licensed at some point in time. Mm -hmm. um, there's probably loopholes around, I don't know. But you or someone on your team is gonna have to get licensed. So what I'm seeing, and this is just, I've been thinking about the last few months, is with us as investors, if and when that happens, so number one, people who are in our circles, in our network, in our influence, hey, I know you're with EXP, let me come with you. And then a lot of my team are already, they're investors primarily, so our transactional volume goes up overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, and then two, the whole, the whole landscape of real estate's already changed to where your, your, your real estate, your rock star real estate agent of the past, it's like all you know, luxury home listings and all that, they're gonna kind of be secondary to us as real estate investors because if 60, 70% of all real estate transactions going down or investment properties, they're gonna look to us as the real leaders of the real estate industry. Which, in a way, we are, because we yeah. set the pace, yeah. right? So, because you know better, you don't go by what 
realtors or whatever. No, I'm saying know. like some of like instead of uh, you get like I I get these magazines that in our office like you know these realtor magazines right it's like some you know glamour shot multi-million agent. dollar with her picture yeah, on it and now it's gonna be like freaking ricardo and no that's it blue jeans like and flip-flops you know? and flip-flops that's the evolution that's the evolution the evolution is going that way and, and i can see that happening the evolution is going that way. I think there's a, probably a few rock stars out there already that are in the real estate world that they're not wearing suits. They're not, you know. Um, yeah, you see the ones on TV or whatever. That's different. Yeah. The TV is still in the past, you know. Yeah. Um, they got a, they have a award at ESP. It's called Icon Agent. It's basically you hit your cap, you do 20 other whatever. It's like like the 1%. Right. Well, when I joined EXP, I told my agent, my work I said hey we gotta do these listings under my license now right because you get stock awards and those kind of stuff didn't affect the pay but I'm like it's got to go through me so I'm an icon agent at EXP and so they asked me to come in and to these you know once or twice a year and speak to right at a conference to the audience yeah uh, like it's like in the world it's like a video but there's like a thousand people there or something wow dude I don't know how to do a listing <laughs> you know the tradition. I don't know how to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that paperwork I, stuff. I yeah. I don't. I don't do any of that um, because I'm just like you, man. I'm an investor. I'm looking at deals. I'm analyzing. I got my licensed agent assistant who does all that, and she's great. But um, I, I don't. Can you get somebody? Hey, I want to list my house. I'm like, and, and this is how little I know about being licensed. But could you get a a, a VA to handle all the listing paperwork for you? No, Not you have to because really. you have to review but, it and sign on it, right? But what if so? This is what I'm talking to to people like yourself. Hey, man, I don't want your license. I'm already successful. I have this business. I don't have time. So I know people who are getting their license. Even some of them that are getting them in another state. Like you can get it in Alaska in like 40 hours or less. Yeah, and you don't have to go to Alaska. You oh just wow, do it online. So they're getting their license because of like the EXP opportunity and maybe you're doing deals in other states. So now they're doing referral agreements. You could be flipping a house on your street and you you talk to an agent and say, hey, I'm a licensed agent also. I'm gonna send you this referral agreement for you to do my listing. You 50, split. 50 split, whatever you want it to work out. You can even do 70, 30 if you're giving it to them on a platter. I mean, you could be 70, they could right. be 30. You know, a new, younger agent that's just hungry. Right. Yeah, I'll go make two, three grand for something you're just giving me. Exactly. Plus some zero marketing. So you can just do referral agreements. You could have some, you may, you know, through your marketing, get some, you know, million dollar listing in Indiana. Hey, I'm a licensed agent, state of Texas. Call, see who's a top producer and say, I'm going to send you a referral agreement. And that's what we do with our short sale guy. Gotcha. So that's okay. why we're... You know, EXP is great, but I'm trying to yeah, looking yeah, at it from other from a network perspective more than anything ways. else. Like talking, so now we've got a short sale contact who's talking to all my agents, working on a lending partnership where we can do loans in these multiple states. So, and then addition to the revenue share. So that's it's that's pretty solid, yeah. man. Yeah, we should. We'll We'll talk about that offline. Yeah, man. Hey, thank you so much for coming, yeah, Brett. Man, appreciate we appreciate really you, man. It. This yeah. was a great yeah. interview, guys. So make sure you uh, you go back and 
Hit share, like, and subscribe. Where can people get in touch with you? Just go to my, my website. Brandphillips.com is the easiest thing. B-R-A-N-T. With an A. In yeah. Uh, people, no I don't know why people what? put Brent. And I actually had you on my yeah. phone as Brent at some point. Yeah, a ton of people do. So, uh, so then so I went and, and fixed Brent it. Brent Phillips is going to get all these subscribers. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, good for him, you know. <laughs> uh, maybe you send him a, 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 a bank account for royalties, maybe you know. So. Hey, just pay me some referrals. Uh, thank you for, so much yeah, for coming, guys. Uh, go uh, look him up on uh, his website, uh, brandphillips.com. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you on the next one. Bye.